This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, it's another blow for movie theaters as a federal judge hands more control over to Hollywood Studios. AMC plans to reopen next week, trying to get moviegoers to return with a discount opening day price. The New Mutants may be the summer movie savior we all need. And Warner Brothers streamlines DC Entertainment by laying off a ton of people. What? Plus, a listener-sponsored review of the 2013 Apocalypse comedy, This is the End, and a whole bunch more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, August 13th, 2020. Hey, what's up? It's Andy Dick. With all of the podcasts out there, how does Jock and Nerd show stand out? How does that stand out? It's the only podcast to feature a beef chow mein eating Grub Hub ordering, couch surfing, comic book reading, three loco loving, ball scratching, funny foul mouth puppet name Rug Boy. Does that entice you? Because it entices me. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. What's up, listener? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! <laughs> My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. Uh, he's a nerd. And he's the filthy, felty, filthy American uh, rug boy. What's up, Rugs? How's it going? Did you say felty American or I filthy said American? Filthy, filthy, he said filthy. I said filthy, sure. filthy, filthy, filthy. Say that five times fast. Well, the fish. Yeah, filthy, filthy, filthy. You did boy. not acknowledge my race, and I feel like that I, I'm being uh, undermined. Don't here. race bait me, rug boy. I won't get into the felty it. Felty race needs to be represented at all times. I'm not getting into it with a felty American. Look. Us puppets, we got to fucking fight for our rights. That's true. The party. The party. Been, yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Anthony, how are you hanging in there? We there. This was kind of a crazy week in Chicago. A little oh, bit. Yeah. A little bit. I woke up Monday. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, my life doesn't change, but that, no. that's, that sucks. But shit happens. What happened? Shit happens. Uh, there was a bunch of looting yes. downtown because some cops shot someone, but from what I read, the guy was shooting at the cops, so I don't know what the fuck you're supposed to do. Yeah, it was. It started by bad information on social media, and earlier in the week, this is August 2020 in Chicago, downtown Chicago, the Magnificent Mile, the Gold Coast, Michigan Avenue, uh, mass looting. I saw a video of a dude drive a car into like a jewelry store, just like right uh-huh. into the window. Then, the next day, uh, we get a derecho windstorm, which apparently is rare. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, we got that here. Uh, and if that wasn't enough, 2020, thank you very much. Uh, there was there was nine tornadoes in the Ch- northern Ch- Illinois, southern Wisconsin area. There was a tornado that actually touched down in Rogers Park, oh, shit. which is a near <laughs> north side of Chicago. Uh, and now I think I have seen everything. I didn't think that was possible. Did you see it? 
I didn't see it, but I saw okay, a video so of it. See. Did you land in another land <laughs> Dude, and kill a witch? It, I should have. Dorothy, it started real close to where my mom lived, too. And it was in a weird, and then just like cut across. Uh, oh, just fucking 2020. Can't get any crazier. I have tornadoes in Chicago. Who knew? You survived that, yeah. Anthony? You survived derecho? Uh, yeah, I did. I was a little, actually, I was a little scared, but. It, it kind of blew over like really nothing happened. It was really over quick. In, our, in my area. Yeah. Hey, did you, um, are you, I thought you were going to bring this up. Yeah. Um, vice president, potentially, of Indian descent. She is half Basically, your, per, your people. Yeah. Well, she I, is the VP nominee. Yeah, she right. is. Yeah. Well, well, potential vice president. No, yeah, VP nominee. South yeah. Asians represent. Geek boner. Uh, her father's Jamaican, I believe, and her mother is Indian, and her mother did a lot of stuff for like breast cancer research, but. Yeah, that's dope. I, these uh, the South Asian people should be all over this. They should be making this a big deal. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, I guess it's a big deal. I don't really personally. I, I don't think she's a great choice for him, but whatever. What are you gonna do? We, you what are you gonna do? Right? <laughs> you need someone. <laughs> I guess. I guess you need someone, and she checks what's the boxes. The big, what's the big think? argument against her that she's just like uh, she? She kind of like is a grifter. Well, yeah, and she's also like when she was a DA. She has a really bad, like a really tenuous record as a DA where she was keeping people in jail that were wrongfully convicted and she's uh, put a lot of people in jail for, for weed and banned a lot of stuff. Like if you listen to the, there's a Rogan podcast where he has these two people on from the Innocence Project right? and they just rip her apart. Like she was so- super like... Just all she cared about was winning and not even upholding the law correctly. So that's what the argument is here. That's what I'm trying to say is that. Yeah. So I don't think it's her beliefs that she thinks that these guys need to be in prison. I just think that that's what she just does. What's going to get right. her elected or whoever's going to invest in her, make them happy. So maybe she, you know, all that stuff that she's done in the past doesn't really matter because she's just going to do what. Whatever's going to keep her in office. As if the elections are going to happen anyway. In oh, Come shit. Come on. Something's going to happen. But look, we don't. What, what do you mean? What, it just, I, I just think something's going to happen. Uh, She's nothing, pleasing the base. Nothing, oh nothing is certain. But uh, why are we talking politics? We don't talk politics on the show. I well, you're the one that started thing. bringing up making this a Chicago show. Well, so I, I just, thought you were going to bring up something no. that actually happened to the country. No, I want to talk about there was a motherfucking tornado in Chicago. Oh, shit. That's big news and rare. There's like 11 people that listen to the show from Chicago. Well, now the cu- the whole world knows <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> no, the other news is also very big. But uh, no more politics. Let's get to geek stuff right uh-huh. now. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. Put your tweets away, listeners. We're going to get tweets on that one. You know how it is. Whatever. Uh, look. Yeah, David Mobley will tweet us some <laughs> random videos. Yes. Like, there's Screech. <laughs> <laughs> Reading some lines about the Jock and Nerd yeah. and Rug Boy that don't make any sense. Andy Dick will uh, eat the popsicle. <laughs> I've been missing some dick. Yes. I need to get some, Andy get some dick. more dick. Rugs, uh, our first story is something that relates to something you've been saying for a long time, many weeks now, as we talk about what COVID has done to the movie business. You kept saying, what's stopping Disney from buying their own theaters? Vertical integration, right? Yeah. That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Fr- and that's, I think you may have predicted the future, Rugboy. <laughs> I do that a lot because earlier this week, a judge made a huge ruling that will allow movie studios to own theaters again. According to this article, a federal judge has given the go ahead to X, a 71 year old 
Paramount Consent Decree. Does anybody know what that is? I did not know what this is. Consent Decree? You ever heard of the Paramount Decrees? Oh. I would assume that movie theaters couldn't, or movie studios couldn't own movie theaters, is my guess, because then they could control the distribution and just put all their own movies in the movie theaters, and then you would never see any sort of variety. Absolutely correct. Turns out, in the 30s, movie theaters were able to own uh, movie studios were able to own movie theaters. So in 1938, the Department of Justice lobbed antitrust action against eight companies. Paramount, 20th Century Fox, Warner Brothers, Lowe's, RKO, Universal, Columbia Pictures, and United Artists. Of these eight companies, they said Paramount, Lowe's, Warner Brothers, and RKO, and Fox effectively had a movie distribution cartel because they were studios that owned major theater studios. Uh, chains and could limit, just like he said, could freeze out competitors, limit indie movies. Uh, so U.S. District Judge Annalisa Torres ruled that technological changes over the past seven decades mean these decrees are no longer necessary. Oh, shit. She writes, as internet movie streaming services proliferate, film distributors have become less reliant on theatrical distribution and that some of the original studios like RKO no longer exist. Also, companies like Netflix, Amazon, Apple, and Disney, notice Disney wasn't in that list. They have since entered the industry and now not only produce movies, but also distribute their own films. And because these streaming giants did not exist in the early 40s, they're not subject to the Paramount decrees. Thus, Torres saying the remaining defendants are subject to legal constraints that do not apply to their competitors. She agreed with the Department of Justice that uh, this will be enough to prevent further anti-competitive practices because the Department of Justice said, why would studios work in cahoots to limit film distributions to only a few select theaters or platforms? I think that's a little nearsighted and they're not seeing the big picture. Uh, Comment on this so far. This is kind of a big deal. What does this mean, Rugs? Disney can own a theater. What is this going to mean? And is it going to get annoying? Well, this is the the issue is like Disney can do they don't have enough content to actually run a theater chain, right? So, I mean, new content. Let me just back that up a little bit. So they don't have like fucking seven movies that are coming out during the week. They only have like maybe one every few weeks, right? Yeah. And that's not enough to actually keep a theater going. So they they're they're going to be it's in their best interest to try and find small companies or whatever to bolster what they have opening, right? Sure. To fill in the other theaters. They, cause how do you think they're going to survive? Just like on their, on their vault. Yeah. You, half of them are playing one Disney movie. The other half are playing the same Disney movie. Anthony, do you think this is a bad move for movie theaters in, in, in an era when, you know, before COVID ticket prices were going down already for years? Is it bad for movie theaters to get bought out by big studios? Yes, partner with them, that, yeah, and for movie studios to own their own theaters, and do- I mean, I just, yeah, I agree with Rugs. I just don't see, I don't see there being enough content. And then, like, if I want to go see uh, the next WB movie, do I have to drive fifteen minutes? You know, do I have to drive twenty miles away this to see is, a dub, go to a yes. WB theater? Like, it just it doesn't seem very efficient for anybody. And then throw on the fact that these all these big studios seem to be opening up their own streaming platforms. Like, why? Getting into the movie theater business, you'd have to really provide some sort of experience. And even then, I just don't see. I think it has to be on a smaller scale. I think it's like you you make it part of your chain. Like you go to the Disney store and there's a Disney theater attached to it. 
And then if you're basically getting the Disney experience, they have very limited runs of movies. They don't have like 20 screens. They have maybe two. And they'll run a classic and something that's contemporary or whatever they have during the month. They'll have those four movies that they put out every week, you know, and they could probably turn a profit like that. But to own a 10 plex that they can't do that. They need to they need to basically uh, join it with their current um, stores Well, they would buy the whole AMC chain. And now you own multiplexes. Yeah, but I don't think they could run a multiplex. It's just too many. That's too many slots open, and I think it's going to be hard to generate uh, cash like that. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, they they're not splitting the the profits with the theaters, and they're probably going to keep the popcorn prices really high and make money off the the drinks and shit. Yeah, but I don't know. It's 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 not that easy. It's not like a slam dunk for them. They have to do it very very judiciously. I mean, if it ends up where you do have to drive to specific theaters based on the studio to watch a movie, that's super annoying. I'm not going to enjoy that. But there, a lot of analysts are saying this practice, there was a practice called block booking that's been outlawed. They're afraid this is going to come back to hurt the theaters. Basically, what Disney say, Disney, and Disney has bullied theaters in the past for years. They always bullied theaters. They're like, if you want our movie, you got to show it in all the screens. But what block booking is... They were like, you want the next Avengers movie? Fine, we will give it to you, but you have to take these six shitty movies that we have also, and you can't preview them first, and we can't guarantee they're any good, but you have to take all these movies and show them to get the Avengers. Uh, and of course, theaters did not like that because it's a, it's a risky move, but shit like that may come back. Uh, but to your point, Anthony, with studios right now in the short term, do they even want to invest in movie theaters right now? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, unless it's just super cheap and they think that they can they can buy it and do something with it later. I just don't see why studios would want to do that. And I just it's too it's too it's right now it's too even. There's just so much uncertainty that it's hard to even speculate what's going to happen. It depends. Yeah, you there's speculative buying. So it's like if the price is really right, yeah, and and, and they're like broke and they're going bankrupt and they're selling or fire selling everything, it might be in their best interest to pick it up while it's cheap because it's a good investment. You don't have that much to overhead. So that's all. All those things matter. So we'll see what happens. There's a lot of chains that are hurting and have gone under that could get scooped up. I think a smart move maybe for like a Netflix or Amazon to buy theaters to continue their kind of vertical integration where. I mean, Sundance has its own theaters. Oh, really? Yeah, Sundance well, IFC does. Oh, IFC, IFC theaters. I always get those two confused. But I think if you are a fan of these indie theaters like the Alamo Draft House and these fun, you know, unique experiences, that might be gone. I don't know. Uh, the well, yeah, I mean, a lot of like independent. Even I work in sports and live events, yeah. and a lot of these small theaters that run sports yeah. or not sports, um, concerts they're folding i mean they're all they're all they mean if, if the government doesn't help out they're gonna yeah. you're gonna lose a lot yeah. so yeah it's gonna be a strange landscape now that the movie studios can kind of go back and build their own theater empires listener what do you think we want to know join the conversation join our awesome facebook group it's called jock and nerd nation or you can email us show at jock and nerd love to hear from you the group is closed it's exclusive we're all in there uh, and, uh, the ginger geek Matt Dalhauer, creator of What the Fuck Happened, is also in there. And here is a quick message from Dalhauer. 
Hello, Jock and Nerd listeners. It is your resident ginger geek, Matt Delhauer, here to remind you that the five-year anniversary of What the Fuck Happened is quickly approaching. To celebrate what is obviously the most important event for this podcast ever, we want you, the listeners, to have a say in what movie we cover. Hell, if it wasn't for all of you, there wouldn't have even been an episode two, let alone 15. So, throughout the month of August, we are taking your suggestions over on Twitter. Tweet the movie you want us to cover to at Jock and Nerdcast. And be sure to use the hashtag J-A-N-W-T-F number five. Yes, it's longer than it should be. While you're at it, let us know what your favorite episode of What the Fuck Happened has been so far. Share your favorite memories from the series, your favorite jokes, or send us fan art, whatever you want. Feed our egos. All right, now back to whatever the fuck Imran's doing. We've got a bunch of entries for our uh, What the Fuck Happened 15th episode, the five-year anniversary, guys. Very exciting. Are you excited? Get excited. Five years of what the fuck? I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Get pumped, you <laughs> bastards. I fucking loved it. That's better, Anthony. Uh, Jimmy <laughs> Graven suggests, uh, he says, for a show of kaiju lovers, it only seems right to roast Godzilla 1998. Oh, oh shit. That's an easy that- one. That wouldn't be a bad one either. That's for, for what the fuck happened. 15, that's not bad. Uh, Ulysses at Classy Ulysses on Twitter uh, says, uh, what the fuck happened to Rise of Skywalker? Ooh, quick turnaround. That, yeah, that's yeah. A, well, remember, we did Fan Fantastic like right away. The year it came out, it was so fucking bad. Right. Uh, I, that added to that is Blake Braden's suggestion from last week, X-Men The Last Stand. Uh, Delahauer told me someone suggested X-Men Apocalypse. And then... Mm-hmm. Bonner Demling suggested Superman 4. Oh, shit. Which uh, arguably is the worst movie ever made. Easily. It's <laughs> no, easily I, the I worst love, movie. I love laughing at that movie. It's, um, it's so that's bad. Hilarious. It's but, hilarious. Is that the one with uh, Richard Pryor? No, no that's no. three. That's a great oh. movie. The Richard Pryor one, Ducky. one is great. Ducky's in this one. I've, I've only seen Superman 1 and 2. This is the guy who has the solar powers oh. and they fight on the moon. Solar Man. Yeah. I will hurt people. Well, part of what happened is the Canon group made it, and they were like, remember the Golan and Globus, the guys who make really yeah. cheap, shitty movies? Yeah. They took over and made this piece like of shit. It's like a B-movie version of Superman. I mean, Anthony, this easily is probably the worst movie uh, uh, that's ever been made on, on the I planet. fucking loved it as a child. Yeah. I loved Superman 3 as a child. Richard Pryor was fucking hilarious. I was like, this is so bad. He pulls the same scheme that they do in Office Space in the movie just, you know, 30 years earlier. Just stealing pennies. Uh, also, I want to announce to everyone I've been working with Delhauer. He's going to come on. We're going to do a special uh, lead up to the What the Fuck Happened 15. We're going to do like a retrospective looking back at the series, handing out awards that maybe we're calling Ruggies. I don't know yet. Oh, the Ruggies. Yeah, the Ruggies. The Ruggies. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun looking back at the series because honestly, you guys, Delhauer's created. What does the award look like? It's a big golden turd with oh. googly eyes on it. Oh, shit. That is brilliant. Yes. And you just think that just and now? I did. And fuzzy, <laughs> and fuzzy hair. I can picture it, though, in my I head love now. It. I love I it. I might have to get this made, just a little graphic. Just take a shit and but put some googly eyes on it. Delahar has created <laughs> such a great series, the What the Fuck Happened. It's like people listen to it right away. It gets great numbers, great response. Can't thank them enough. So it'll be fun looking back at five years of doing this bullshit. Uh, back to the news. AMC Theaters has announced yet another plan to reopen. Oh, my God. I, th- will this one stick? I don't know. Let's find out. This time, what are they saying? 
they are planning to open August 20th. A hundred theater locations out of their 600. That's seven days from now, people. We're recording <laughs> August 13th. That is a week from today. So their plan is that's not happening. They're going to, okay. The plan is that they're going to open more than a hundred theaters uh, and, and continue to reopen locations such that about two thirds of our theaters across the country should be open no later than September 3rd, which is when Tenet is expected to hit theaters in America. They have said they're going to do all the cleaning and the spraying and the UV sanitizing, and they're going to get these filters and masks are required. Um, these, the first hundred locations will be in, uh, markets in Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, Chicago, yeah, wow. Miami, Las Vegas, St. Louis, and some other Chicago, Chicago in the mix. They're also, they're giving a credit to the AMC Stubbs list people to use. Um, First Do you think that all, they're going to draw like a crowd or what? Is this happening? I don't know. For, so they're going to open by showing old movies like Back to the Future and the old Star Wars and soft. Also, well, they, yeah. they can't draw a crowd. No. The capacity would be like 25%. Yeah, I don't know what capacity they're opening at. They didn't mention that. It is limited capacity. Yes. I'm saying, do you think that people are going to show up for this? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you put a new movie out, I think people will show up. So uh, overseas theaters have been opening and apparently the sales for tenant, you can buy tickets in the UK and the ticket sales are pretty good. They said, they said that's a, it's a pretty big surge. Here's two more things though. Part of this story, uh, in a earnings call, the, the head of AMC said that the cost of cleaning and these new safety protocols will indeed be passed on to the consumers. What? Uh, so the prices uh, may go up for tickets. However, on August 20th, when AMC opens for one day, tickets will be 15 cents. Oh shit. Which is the price that tickets were in 1920, a hundred years ago when they first opened up. So for 15 cents, you can go see Black Panther or the Empire Strikes Back. Will this actually happen? It's in a week from today. I don't know. I feel like this time, maybe it does stick. They're running out of time, but uh, Tenant is coming out, and there's another movie that still has a date. We're going to get into that. What- yeah, I mean, I can see why they want to do it. I'm reading this article. They've lost $500 million yes. this last quarter. Yes. Get the fuck out of yes, here. Yes, they have. That's a lot of cash. A lot of moolah. But they, apparently their, uh, their top guy thinks that... Uh, they're on the other side of this. I mean, is Ghostbusters or Inception or Back to the Future going to get you back in for no. $5 or 15 cents on opening day? I, I I'm not going to a movie theater. I'm Unless the only way I would consider it is with a new, new movie. Like what movie, old movie, would get you into the theater to see? None. Nothing, right? Anthony, Nothing. you can watch Back to the Future on the big screen like it was intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I, no, I'm not, an old movie is not getting me back to the movie theater. An old movie. I would watch an old movie. What I've seen a lot of places do is like these bars and a lot of drive-ins are showing old movies yeah. and like stuff at the park. Like that's cool. Yeah. Outside, be, is like good. outside. Yes. But I'm not going indoors to watch an old movie. Indoors is sketchy. Well, uh, so what if it was Showgirls? <laughs> oh shit! Oh if it was Deep Throat. Deep I would. Really, I would oh, they should then. put Deep Throat back out. Imran, did you Have see it? Showgirls in the theater? Did I? No, no, no. That would have probably been really uncomfortable. No, I did. Yeah. How was that? It, it, it was. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, I yeah. can imagine. Is it, is it a porno? 
Almost. No, it's just Jesse Spano from yeah. Saved by the Bell, like naked all the time. Peacock put out a reboot of the Je- Saved by the Bell uh, on Peacock trailer. There was a trailer. What's her real name? Uh, Elizabeth uh, Berkeley. 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 Oh. Super hot in that movie. A lot of boobies. A lot of, uh, yeah. It, I think it was at one point NC-17 and they had to like yeah, it was like it, it was like almost X-rated. Yeah, it was almost <laughs> X-rated. <laughs> it was the worst movie ever made, but it was made by the same guy who did RoboCop. Yeah. Oh, it was Beerhoven. That's weird. Starship Troopers. Well, Paul yeah. Beerhoven did Showgirls. I forgot about that. That's so strange. What? That is strange. Yeah, that's one of those movies that's terrible, but yeah. it's like you have to see it at least once. Yes, absolutely. Just to laugh at it because it's uh, it's an it, amazing. I mean, it's an amazing in, piece in of this art. age, the day and age of you yeah. can watch porn on your phone. <laughs> like it's nothing shocking, but at the time. <laughs> It was like a girl that you used to watch on yes. Saturday morning TV. It was Jesse Spano. Sliding up and down a pole. With and pasties like, on and shit. Yeah. Anyways. Like, Whoa, I can't believe what I'm seeing. <laughs> Anthony, anyway, check it out. Sidetrack. Yeah. All right. Regarding the 15 cents a ticket, I got a couple of good lines. I got to share from the nation. Roberto Rivera comments, they should have offered 19 cent tickets. SMH. Shake my That's a good line. And then David Ziga goes, these fools out here charging for COVID. I can get that shit free at church slash school slash political rally. Absolutely. I don't need to pay 15 cents to get the Rona. What are you doing, AMC? Those high school kids are not going to be spraying down every fucking seat that needs to be sprayed down. Oh, yeah. You just wait. In a couple of, I'm not saying about a month, this place is going to be fucking like the apocalypse. It's going to be the end. If this indeed does happen, look, if you are going out there, listener, you're going to need a mask. We have lovely masks you can get. Visit our shop, jockinner.com slash shop. It's our T public merch shop. Uh, and you can buy any of our designs on a mask and you'll be protecting yourself. You'll be protecting other moviegoers and you'll be promoting the show. It's a win, win, win. Nerd. Lots of win. Do it now and buy a T-shirt while you're there. Mm. Lots of fun. So speaking of what movies will get you out there. As much as Christopher Nolan wanted Tenant to be the big movie that breaks open the summer movie theater, getting everybody back, it may turn out to be the fucking new mutants. Oh shit! That is still uh, thinks it's coming out on August twenty eighth. <laughs> it still has not changed the date, even though most of the theaters are closed. They sent out an email to exhibitors confirming that yeah, we are still releasing this. On the 28th, it's on track. Is this happening? <laughs> what do you guys think? I think they just, just release it so they can immediately put it on digital. Yeah. I think it's a loophole that so, they have to like. Yes, I, I think that probably is exactly what's going to happen, which is why they kind of need AMC to open on the 20th. They put this out for a day, a week, and then boom, it's on streaming just to get through the contract. But I think it'll be hilarious if this thing, it'll be interesting. If this happens, It'll be interesting to watch the box office for New Mutants versus the money for Mulan on Disney Plus. See which one works better in this environment. What an amazing experiment we can watch. Oh, Mulan is going to win. Mulan's probably going to kill even at the $30, yeah? Yeah. Mulan oh, yeah. will beat it. Yeah, just I mean Mulan, no one's anticipating this New Mutants movie and then it's going to come out in limited release cuz have more than like 80% of the theaters are probably closed. It's easier to get to Milan. That's a good point. Yeah, the box office is not going to be good. I think Milan may actually... I think you're right, Ruggs. I think it will make its money back and, and then some. I feel like it's going it's going to make its money back. It's going to make good money, at least. I feel at like least good money. we should buy it. We need this to be successful so that they turn around and release Black Widow and everything else right away. Well, we got to review it. 
be for content for Why the not? show, obviously. Why not? It, I saw that they put out a new trailer. Still looks epic. Uh, still looks fun. So, will New Mutants be the summer savior of theaters? Is any of this going to happen? In a week, we will find out. <laughs> Nobody knows. If they fucking blink again. Uh, it's getting crazy. Meantime, you guys, over at Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment, they had a very not good week. It was at, a bloodbath. Yes, as massive layoffs uh, at DC Universe, DC Comics, HBO, Warner Brothers TV. They were calling it a bloodbath. Yes, Rugs. What else do you know? Do you have any more details before I tell you no. the details? Well, basically, you can tell me the details, and I'll just like, <laughs> say yes. Uh huh. Like I actually read that. So look, huge layoffs on the comic side of things. They laid off a third of DC's editorial staff, including yes. editor in chief Bob Harris. Yeah, he's been uh, there a long time. He's been there for 10 years. Uh, wasn't he also the editor at Marvel like during the bankruptcy years, the late 90s to 2000? He 2000. did work at Marvel at some point. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what years, though. So they laid off the vice president of publishing strategy, marketing and creative services, VP of global publishing, senior story editor. Um, the guys who rolled out DC's black label graphic novels. They all got lay- laid the off. DC Universe people, too. The, the app people are Yes, too. the DC app got cut. Uh, DC Entertainment got cut, so that app is clearly on its way out. They've got rid of everybody. I who went works to on sign it. on to DC Universe yeah, today, and yeah. it, it asked me for like the to download it and, and sign up. Oh for it. shit! So this could be the beginning of the end. Uh, the only exclusive show left on DC Universe is Tittens, and it's not that great. Everything else is on CW or <laughs> HBO Max. Um, the guy who was championing Zack Snyder's Justice League, HBO Max, Bob Greenblatt, uh, he got let go. Uh, so along with uh, Kevin Riley, who had TNT, TBS, and True TV content, just, uh, so they're saying they're streamlining their whole company for the future, and CCO Jim Lee is now going to oversee the entire brand and the future growth. And nowhere in any of this is Jeff John's name, as to what he's doing, which I thought was interesting. There's no mention of him. Uh, it's weird because I don't really think of Jim Lee as a DC historian. Right. I think that he knows a lot about comics, obviously. But, like, I really I – mean, he's, he's been a, in a pro – he knows more than I do, which is – anybody does. But like, Jim anyway, Lee knows a lot. But I I don't feel like that he's, like, the historian that we – That they need. Like, Yeah, he's more of – I think that he's more of a guy who understands what – what people like yeah and what people want but i don't know if he's the guy the guy like the dc guy but whatever they think he is and i i'm not gonna argue with it i think i love jim lee so i mean i think it's crazy they pulled a thanos on the fucking staff with these layoffs is this could either go one of two ways this is oh and dc collectibles got hit which is their merchandising uh uh end of things so they're restructuring they obviously took a hit. They got to do something to kind of, you know, stop the bleeding. So they went and they started cutting the easiest thing to bring back, which would be the comics, right? Yeah. Um. So uh, let's see what happens. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to begin a comic book company. You just need, like, you know, some guys and uh, some paper. <laughs> a pencil? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is with most companies, and I've seen it firsthand, yeah. is... The most expensive thing to run in your company is is the workforce. Yeah. So, 
when things are bad, you know, they've obviously cut back a lot in the hopes that they can weather the storm and then eventually bring maybe some of these people back. But I mean, as far as where you're going with this, is this the end? Yeah. You know, we'll see. I mean, I don't feel like, I mean, DC Comics, I feel like should have some sort of leg up on terms of other businesses because they're, it's not like they're like a community, like there's, there is communal gatherings, but it's not like that's their whole business. Like you can ship direct, you can go digital. There's not like, like concerts and like restaurants. And those are the first things you think of as things that might go away. But something like DC, I feel like they can get creative and they already have like a, a digital presence. So I don't know. Well, the whole thing about, we were talking about this like months ago is that these, these, uh, brick and mortar comic book stores are going out of business the they're, the people who are walking into stores buying stuff, they're dwindling. Yeah. It's just the old guys doing it. Yeah. And um, the new kids are not – they're all into digital. They don't want to own anything. They don't want – other than maybe some toys and when they have like disposable income, they'll be able to get collectibles and shit. But for the most part, they're just reading the shit online or YouTubing a video or Googling it. Or pirating the book and not paying yeah. for it, which is not helping yeah, all also. that stuff. Yeah. So um, it's maybe not being lucrative for them. And they they know that the IP is worth something. Like Superman is always going to be worth yes. something. Batman's always going to be worth something. Yes. So it's not like it's the end of DC as a presence. It's just like I think that as a investing into this comic stuff and and like merchandise and all that, the collectors and all that stuff. They're like, we're making. We put out a movie, we'll make more money. Absolutely. You know, we'll put Way out a TV money. show, we'll yeah. get subscriptions. And then they're like, well, why are we wasting time? And then. And the Marvel's going to do the same thing in a year. Oh, that's they're going to realize that it's like it's that they're employing all these people that are. Re- I mean, when your top book is selling maybe ninety thousand copies, yeah, when that, it used yeah. to be a million, yeah, a couple hundred thousand, yeah. You know, Spider Man selling like thirty thousand if it's lucky. Uh, there, DC also said they're going to reduce titles and collections. I haven't read a DC comic, a new one, in a long time, and like every time I l- look over this stuff, it's all. Batman metal and there's 17 jokers and I don't know what the fuck's going yeah, on over there. They, they don't know what they're doing. So it this it either goes one of two ways. This is the end of DC comics or Jim Lee, like a Phoenix rising can uh, focus and come out and, and make some great content. Because if you look at DC entertainment as a whole, like you said, rugs, their IP, the TV shows they have, the movies that they are working on that are coming. They're in a pretty good position to, well, look at what happened with Valiant. Valiant yeah. went, Completely down, yeah. it disappeared, and yeah. then it had a resurgence. And now uh, Heather Antos is running it. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, I guess that sometimes in a time like this in business, you got to hack and slash and then hope the shit grows back like a plant, like a lovely weed. <laughs> I mean, they just had Bloodshot come out. So, like, yes. I mean, so DC's got way more cachet. It's got the WB behind it. You know, they own it lock, stock, and barrel. They're going to invest in that IP. They're not going to just let it fall to the wayside. They're just probably just, uh, you know, they're streamlining, cleaning house, and then they're going to rebuild like a fucking sports team. It just sucks for all those people who, during a pandemic, uh, suddenly don't have a job. Like, all these creatives and people who have done stuff, I feel bad for them, but... Start your own books. Fuck, probably yeah. better than working for DC. Yeah, everyone start independent. It'll make more sense to the reader anyway. So all of this massive bloodbath on the heels of DC's big virtual convention, DC Fandom, uh, which will be Saturday, August 22nd. It is a 24-hour virtual convention. They announced over 300 guests, including people like The Rock, Robert Pattinson, Ezra Miller, 
Uh, you're probably going to see you're going to see Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer. We're probably going to see shit from Batman, Suicide Squad, uh, movies that are in the works, Wonder Woman. Um, but they're saying, uh, you know, another hopefully they learned something from San Diego Comic-Con. And this is a little more fun. It's 100 plus hours of programming in nine <laughs> languages. I like cool. that it's one day. I think that helps. It makes it a little more urgent, a little more, you know, it's instead of spreading it over three three days. What helps is if you have actually things that people give a fuck about. That they and they do. They have <laughs> and the Batman. New yeah, they have they have all their movies they're working on. They have the Batman. They got you know. Uh, I mean, it'd be hell if it was on the channel somewhere. Uh, I think you have to go to their website. It's going to be it's all not on, on the DC app. D- no, it's going to be it's on, not on HBO Max on their website at DCFandom.com. No, I mean, come on. Other guests uh, are uh, Damon Lindelof, Giancarlo Esposito, Val Kilmer is going to be there. For, Val Kilmer? Yeah, I don't know what cool. he's doing there. Dressed as Batman. Will he be dressed as Batman? No, Val Kilmer is like hanging on by a thread. <laughs> I heard he got better, though. I heard he was a little bit better. Uh, he but has the he's, cancer. Yeah, he's very sickly. Mm. Uh, any does this give you any more geek boner? Geek boner. San Diego Comic Con or still floppy John? Like the whole idea. Well, I mean, I'm down to watch stuff. It's just like if it's, it seemed like that other Comic Con was terrible. It but, was not good. So what? I mean, if it, if they Lame. put it in a way that's appetizing and I can easily watch it, and it seems like I want to stick around for the next thing, then yeah, I'll totally be down for it. But I doubt it's going to happen. Anthony, aren't you dying to know what? Zack Snyder's Justice League is actually going to be called. Oh, shit. <laughs> Aren't you? No, I'm not. No. But I, I, I will, I'll give him credit. I mean, the Justice League trailer is a nice little thing that they can show. Yeah. Might attract some eyes. What so. if they, they show try, a, they a Batman get, trailer? They can, yeah. they, can, they can definitely get a, lo- a lot more buzz out of this than oh, yeah. Yeah. San Diego Comic-Con. People are going to be talking about it. Yeah. We're going to be talking. I think this may be a better uh, model for these conventions is everyone just hold your own instead of uh, doing it the old way. Case in point, another announcement. This is not a surprise. This is expected. New York Comic Con that generally happens in October at Jacob Javits Center in Manhattan officially canceled. Uh, And they are also promising an online virtual uh, event October 8th to October 11th. The press release stating that stars will bring the epic American God. CBS All Access will be there with Star Trek, DreamWorks Animation, Hulu, FX. Um, the, we'll see if uh, these people learn anything from the previous virtual conventions. And this is over three days. Again, I think just doing it yourself, like here's a Marvel virtual one day thing. Here's a DC virtual. Here's Warner Brothers. I think that works better than than this. I do feel bad for all the artists that listen, like all our John Bellotti Juniors and Dope Hopes and Larry Quatches and Lennies who, you know, need the artist alley and, and rely on that for to meet their fans and make money. Uh, all that shit. Yeah, it's gone. terrible for those guys. Yeah. I feel I feel really bad that they can't do their shows and they're missing out on that one to one experience with people. I mean, all these artists. Yeah. I mean, Artist Alley in, in New York Comic Con especially is fucking huge. It's like a it's like a like a hundred people or two hundred people. I wish they had a solution for that because that's the one thing I was missing from San Diego Comic Con. I don't even know if they cared enough to promote Artist Alley, but if you can get those people involved, and you can also support like Bellotti and Dope Hope, uh, buy their shit, go to their website. Yeah, they have shops. Yeah, uh, just Google it. I'll put a link in the show notes. Buy some awesome Godzilla and creature artwork from everyone. 
Yeah. Are you sad, Anthony? New York yeah. Comic Con's canceled. You can't go. I'm very sad. I mean, I don't go, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm disappointed for the people that actually rely on it. That's what I've never been to that I was wanted to go to, but I heard it got really crowded the last few years. Have you ever thought about selling your art at Comic Con, Imran? I have. Every time I go see these guys sell these sketch cards and these posters, and I'm like. I can fucking do that. What am I doing? Why don't I do this? Oh, Why don't you do it? Well, because now they're all the conventions are canceled. But I felt I have every time <laughs> it inspires me. That's why I love going to Artist Alley and, and checking out these guys because it I always think you should talk to Bilotti, get some tips. It always inspires me. I mean, Bilotti's yeah. doing straight up illustrator artwork like a madman. It's just yeah. insane. Uh, last, it's a business. It is a business, and it's it's a big hustle too. Like you have to be an artist and a promoter and a businessman. And know how to do the fucking accounting and taxes. Think about it, Imran. You There's can beat your shit. fans. I can beat my meat, my fans. You can. They can find you at the conventions. They can come see you. Like Seth Morgan can find you. I'll come to your house, fans. <laughs> you can rent me out for $30 an hour. Yeah. Speaking of renting out, last story in the news. I thought this was really fun. The very last blockbuster video store on the planet in Bend, Oregon, is being converted into an Airbnb. Oh, shit. For three mm. nights only. <laughs> three people will be given the opportunity to stay the night, and it's only $4. Uh, it's because the owner of this blockbuster wants to thank her local community for supporting the world's last blockbuster video. But You have to be a resident of Deschutes County to book yourself. So, listener, if you're in Bend, Oregon... Get this. How much fun is this? You have a whole blockbuster video. You got a free pizza and snacks, video games, all the movies you can watch. They set up like a bed in the middle. Like, this is such a great. Well, I would do this in a second if it was nearby. What do you guys think? Is this fun? You want to sleep in a blockbuster? Yeah. I don't know. And they got VHS. They got VHS players that you can play old school video games and then just all the popcorn and snacks you want. I think this is a great way to keep the blockbusters going. There's only one left. <laughs> keep the so blockbusters. This is the last one. They should have thought about this <laughs> maybe a few <laughs> years ago. There's, there's a lot of people that fucking hate blockbuster because back before there was blockbuster and Palmer video and all those fucking video stores. Yeah. Uh, people had like their own little mom and pop stores. Yep, they curated yep, yep. and they fucking chose the movies and they yep. like were experts and yep. shit. And then all of a sudden you have a blockbuster. You got some snot nosed kid who doesn't know shit. <laughs> and then you ask him what movie to rent. He doesn't have anything just, to tell you. Check that aisle. He just scratches his balls. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, well, the other thing was uh, that movies would make movies like blockbuster would not carry some movies. Also, they didn't have a porn section. And I was like, that's, this is shady. Any video store oh, yeah, doesn't you need have to go porn the, section. You need to go behind that. You know, the wall of beads. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but there was well, blockbuster would sell the, mo- I, I, I always wondered about that as a kid, but they would sell the movies that were like Skinamax. Oh yeah. So you right. would see like the movies on there that were on Skinamax and you go, Oh, is this porn? But then it's not, it's the soft core stuff. I mean, most for me, blockbuster was a great time. I loved blockbuster. I loved walking in there randomly walking around and yeah. seeing what movies or video games to rent. But yeah, I, I think we're the, we're the last Weird that. experience. Not, no one gives a fuck about you know, Blockbuster. People would hang out in there, but they did force out the little mom and pop shops. They were the big box like video rental at the time. And now where are they now? So they're they're yeah. renting out their last place Airbnb, for Airbnb. $4. You could come sleep while before we demolish the place. Ah, uh, Blockbuster. All right. Well, Anthony. Yeah. My balls was hot. Are your balls hot? Or uh, how you feel? 
I got the air conditioner blowing like at my legs, so oh, it's that's good. Riding up to my nutsack that's been freshly shaved because of the lawnmower three <laughs> Yes, thanks to our awesome sponsor, Manscaped, that makes the best grooming devices you're ever gonna find, listener. What's great about the lawnmower, Anthony? It's got a light. It's got an LED light. I love it. Yeah, the light. That's huge because I usually cut my shit in the dark because I don't like to that? know how long it is. Oh, you don't want to see when, it. When it's that long, like, oh it's, it's kind of scary. Yeah. When, when, when you cut it and your dick comes out, yeah. it's a surprise. And you're like, whoa, yeah. I didn't know it was that big. But if you had just a little LED light, you get little hints of what you're cutting and you can see what you're doing and you won't nick. So that's that's important. It is true. When you trim all nice down, your shit looks bigger. It's an amazing optical illusion. Yeah, it's like a monster. Yeah, it's like it's like hey, it's coming out of the forest. It's like it's like a cyclops. Listener, you right now can get twenty percent off free shipping at manscaped.com. Is yours clear because you have white hair now? Using our code Jock and Nerd. It's not clear. It's white. There's no pigment. Oh, so it's like a white. It's like a white hair. It's, listen, I'm like Pepe Le Pew. I'm like a skunk forever. Your hair is like the, those Asian noodles before they're cooked. Yeah, it would be like trimming a, a panda's balls. Oh, shit. That's what the experience is like. You see pandas. They look a lot like me. Imagine your, pandas' Your hair is balls. like rice noodles. <laughs> yes, the crispy rice noodles you put yes. on some low made. It's just treat yourself, listener. Look, you may be going back out to the theater or to the... Uh, going to the gym or wherever you're going, you need a jocketed mask and you need your balls shaved. So get the lawnmower 3.0 only at manscaped.com. Use promo code jockernerd for 20% off and free shipping. Jockernerd. We're going to take a break right here for some promos and come back with another Patreon sponsored movie review right after this. After these messages, we'll be right my name's Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. I started this show as a way to offload some of my thoughts every week, and I quickly found out that I wasn't really alone in those thoughts, and I was connecting with other people who kind of felt the same way as me. So join me each week as I pour some whiskey and offload some thoughts about news, entertainment, politics, just whatever might come to my head during the week. So that's the Adulting with Donnie podcast, and you can find it anywhere that awful podcasts are served and also great podcasts. Hey, guys. This is Venice, and I've got a message from a friend of mine about my favorite podcast. It's your boy, Flavor, Flav, and Full Effect. Check this out, everybody. I want y'all to go check out TJ. What's good, everybody? TJ Johnson here from Voice from the Underground. I am the most handsome. Big ass. And I'm smoking my cigar, of course. You know what I'm saying? The Josh. You pick me up in an Uber and a PT Cruiser, I'm calling Lyft. Still <laughs> <laughs> be fighting the power, talking about social issues, politics, you know what I'm saying? And we're not even that good. Right, we're terrible. Terrible. Tangents <laughs> all over the place. And not only that, but they be keeping it fun with the sports, music, comics, and movies too. Am I allowed to I talk? Think, I think, no, not right now. <laughs> Shut up, just... colonizer! <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You on Twitter at VFU Podcast. So you can find them, you can find them. So check one, two. This is Flavor Flav. Yeah, boy. Okay. What Flav was trying to say is, check out Voice from the Underground on your favorite podcast network. Voice from the Underground. Listener, if you enjoy the show and that trippy music of Anthony 
wagging his finger at you. Come here. Isn't that what you sound like, Anthony? Yeah, with an aura. <laughs> yeah, with a glowing aura, like something out of a fucking weird, trippy Godzilla movie. Godzilla versus Hedera. We're out of this movie. We're about to review. We're out of this movie. We're about to review. If, anyways, what was I saying? If you enjoyed the show, join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd. Link in the show notes. It's a way to support the show. It's a way to ensure that we keep podcasting. Uh, the Your support helps offset the cost because this does cost money to do a podcast. So what is it worth to you, listener? Imagine this was the last show you're ever going to get. It's done. <laughs> How much is it worth to you monthly for us to keep going? You got to ask yourself these hard questions. Well, not only is it for us to keep going, but you get something out of it, too. You get more show. Uh, You get like, you know, uh, these Corona binge reports I've been doing uh, after show stuff. Everybody gets bonus content in an exclusive RSS feed just for you where the shows come out early. There's also tiers where you get stickers and T-shirts and other fun things. So join it today and you can enjoy our little movie reviews. This week's Corona binge reports from rug boy. Not funny. That's not, the, that's not what I meant. <laughs> they weren't funny. They weren't, they weren't funny, but they were very good. Wowie zowie. What did you uh, file this week? Rugs gone with the wind. Ooh. Oh gosh. Or Gandhi with the windy. Gandhi with the windy. Or, oh, that's a deep cut. Nobody knows what that. Blast, no one no knows one, what we're talking no one has, about. Has any that's one of the first rug boy songs. What ever that saw. joke means? Okay, and anyways. Spartacus, the old uh, Stanley Kubrick film. Are these both on HBO Max? They're both on HBO. No, I think. I think Spartacus was on Peacock. Oh, Spartacus Ooh, is on the cock. Which kind of watch the cock? It kind of makes sense. Was it on the cock? I don't even know. It might not be. I might. It might have. I don't think it was any commercials during it. So Gone with the Wind back on the service with a disclaimer added after it was briefly removed. Yeah. Rugs, did that affect your viewing experience? Well, I mean, it's a very racist type film because it's about a Southern Belle who lives in the South that like loves that lifestyle on a plantation. She she loves that. She's like basically a princess and she has subjects, which. And she she doesn't see the sl- she sees the slaves as her subjects, right? She, like a servants, you know, like or whatever. Like, right. Servants, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like she just it's unapologetic about it, yeah. I guess. And there's no character in the movie that kind of like says, "Hey, this is wrong" or whatever. There's no none of that coming through really. So I feel like it is glorifying that thing, but it's also she's also a terrible character, yeah. and you don't like her. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know, yeah. but it was entertaining, and I think everybody should see it if they're into like old movies. It's a long movie too. Isn't it's it? fucking four hours long. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh shit! So they added a disclaimer on HBO Max to bla- disclaimer a disclaimer to Mel Brooks's Blazing Saddles, which is a, a classic, hilarious comedy, but deals a lot with race also in very clever yeah. and smart ways. Uh, so expect more disclaimers, I guess, in the future. But as I said, they, it's still entertaining. Yeah. And is it bad that it's entertaining? Is it bad that I didn't want to shut it off and be like, I can't watch this? It's art. I don't know. I can't wait till we get to the point where like American Pie has a disclaimer or it's like, we don't condone pie fucking. Pies are to be respected. I mean, they make all these documentaries and all these shows that about serial killers and people watch them. Oh, people love the true crime shit. They, I mean, they yeah, are they're like, that. they're, they're like, rated, like every channel has yeah. their own version of it. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's like a weird thing. So those are great. Check those out on the feed that you get when you join up at jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. And if you give us $10 or more 
a month, you get to force us to watch and review any movie you want. Oh, shit. It can be a horrible movie. It could be a movie you love. It could be a movie none of us has seen. Uh, and we're going to do one of these reviews right now. This week's movie review is for the comedy. This is the end from 2013. This is the end. Like the Doors song. My only friend. Sorry. I always think of the Doors song when I say this is the end. This movie uh, sponsored by, dedicated to listener and patron, Pat Downey. Talking nerd. This is his round one pick. He has been a patron for just a month and a half. Brand new patron. Thank you, Pat Downey. But another benefit for signing up at $10 a month, your round one movie pick will be done right away. And then we'll go. We got round two picks we're going to do. Here is your spoilers for This is the End. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This movie on Rotten Tomatoes uh, sitting at an 83% on the tomato meter. 7.14 out of 10 average rating. The budget of this movie was $42 million. I see 32 to 42, uh, but it ends up making $126 million worldwide. Not bad for 42 for an R-rated comedy. This movie written, directed, and produced by Seth Rogen and his buddy Evan Goldberg in their directorial debuts for both of them. They've done a lot of stuff together. They're currently producing The Boys. That's going to come out season two in September. The Boys. The Boys. This is a uh, feature film adapt adaptation of a short film they did in 2007 called Jay and Seth versus the Apocalypse. Uh, they just fleshed it out. Uh, this movie stars uh, everyone. This movie stars <laughs> Seth Rogen and all of his buddies. Uh, kind of a Judd Apatow Justice League of comedic actors. I'm just going to read this list. James Franco, Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel, Danny McBride, Craig Robinson, Michael Sarah, Emma Watson, Mindy Kaling, David Krumholtz, Christopher Mintz Plus, Rihanna, Martin Starr, cameos by Paul Rudd, and Channing Tatum cameo is fucking amazing. That's it? That's all you're gonna. Uh, that, there's more names that, there. Isn't that enough? Is there more? Let's see who's Kev, after Kevin Hart. Oh, Kevin Aziz Hart. Aziz sorry. The Backstreet Boys. Yes, Backstreet Boys. Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. There's so many. I forgot all these people. Yes, the, all those people are also all playing exaggerated versions of themselves. Funnily enough, uh, Simon Pegg released his movie World's End. Also, same year, 2013. Also dealing with the World's End, which I thought was weird. Different film. Different film. That was part of a a trilogy, his Cornetto trilogy. Right. Uh, But also dealing with the end of the world. Anthony, had you ever seen This is the End before or known about it? I've seen This is the End before. Oh, you have. But I rewatched for our boy here, Patrick Downey, the 17th. God bless you for watching this movie. Will you tell uh, the listener what happens in This is the End? Sure. As you mentioned, it stars all these people playing exaggerated versions of themselves. Jay Baruchel is visiting Jonah Hill in L.A. Not Jonah Hill. Seth Rogen. Rogen. Different white fat guy. Yeah, they're all, there's a (laughs) bunch of them in this movie. Understandable. Visiting Seth Rogen, and they're apparently boys, and Seth Rogen, their friendship is being hinted at as being kind of deteriorating, Mm. and Seth Rogen takes Jay to a party at um, James Franco's house, where all these celebrities are, and Jay doesn't really want to be there. And in the midst of this party, a gigantic catastrophe happens, and there's just a few celebrities stuck in a house together, and they have to deal with 
the ramifications of this catastrophe that happened. The apocalypse. The apocalypse. I can't oh, even say wow. it. I can't even say the that apocalypse. word. The apocalypse. The apocalypse. I mean, it's yeah. the biblical rapture. It just breaks out in the oh shit, just out of nowhere. It's kind of crazy. What did you think of this? Is the end? Watching it again, Anthony. So the first time I saw it, I, I really enjoyed it. But that was probably back like 2013, 14, yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah. I hadn't revisited since. I had never. I haven't even thought about the movie. So I threw it on and I was thinking, I, I bet this is going to be very of its time and maybe I, I won't enjoy it as much the second time. I don't know if I enjoyed it as much the second time, but I still found it pretty fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've always kind of enjoyed a lot of these guys in their own movies yep. and I've enjoyed, you know, super bad and, and knocked up and all the movies, you know, all the, the, um, Judd Apatow and all the, there was a bunch of movies starring all these people. Um, so I've always enjoyed the comedy with all these guys. So just putting them in a movie together, making them play exaggerated versions of themselves, throwing in the apocalypse. It's just a ridiculous movie, but, um, overall I thought it was still pretty funny. And my only wish is that Michael Sarah didn't, die right away because right <laughs> he was so fucking funny <laughs> in the way they play him off but everyone everyone's character is just exactly how you would kind of imagine them yeah. being in real life yeah. so it, it, it all worked well for me even a sec on a second viewing michael sarah is a coked up assholes having a threesome in the bathroom is amazing uh rugs what did you think of this is the end how many times have you seen this i think i've seen that like at least twice and um i did enjoy it um there was parts of it that dragged for me here and there, but like overall, there are a lot of jokes in this and some of them are very repetitive and they kind of repeat themselves and they, they beat a dead horse, but there's a lot of fucking funny lines. And uh, like you said, Michael Sarah, like snorting Coke and then banging two girls in the back, like the girls eating his butt. <laughs> yeah, one's eating his ass. And then they yeah. like, and, and they like kind of like a uh, foreshadow, like a wonder what his ass looks like. Does it look like a cherub <laughs> ass or whatever? And like, it just all comes to fruition. And like a lot, lot of these things like pay off yes. later on in the movie. So I, I, I did like it a lot and they did like spend some money on the CGI. Yeah. To like yeah. at least make it like I mean there's some parts that look terrible. So just some parts that look good. Forty two so. million dollars will get you this kind of decent CGI. Uh, I myself I saw it years ago and I kind of forgot about it. I remember really enjoying it. And Anthony, just like you, I love these guys. I love all their movies. And this movie has it's it's super funny and dark. It has balls. I love that they're playing themselves and not afraid to make fun of themselves and each other. And you get a sense that some of the camaraderie is real. Like some of the shit is coming from their real relationships because they all know each other. Uh, turns out 85% of this movie was improvised, which is what you get rugs uh, beating a dead horse, a joke beating a dead horse. That's kind of what happens when you're improvising. But these guys are top improvisers. Uh, and it goes places you don't expect and has fucking amazing, super funny lines. And I really enjoyed it again the second time. I was surprised. I was, I forgot how violent the movie was. Oh, it's violent and dark. It's, yeah, it's super dark, violent. I mean, right off the bat, Michael Sarah just gets impaled and he's hanging on the thing and he's asking about, he's like, where's my cell phone? And it's in his Who's pocket. my cell phone? I mean, there's just, there's, I mean, I can't even think, I'm looking up some of the lines oh, right so now, and I'll, I'll probably read them later, we but there's, there's a the shit lines. ton of lines where, oh, yeah. where I'm just, I was rolling laughing at some of the that stuff. coming thing was Oh, funny. the jerk-off uh, argument between oh, yeah. Danny McBride and Franco, <laughs> I'm gonna come, I'll come wherever I want, I'm, I'm jacking my dick so hard right now. 
He's like, like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I can't control it. It's like a, a hose that goes off. James Franco's like, like, nobody, taught you, exact nobody line, taught you how to control it's, it's your It's like tits. a fucking wild fireman's hose. You just got to grab it and pray to God it doesn't get in your eyes or your mouth. I have mouth. a condition. Yeah. This is, I mean, Danny McBride. Danny McBride almost steals the whole fucking yeah. movie with his, his lines. And you don't even know. He shows up later like he's he fell asleep. and a manipulative dick. He's such an asshole. It's great. Another great Danny McBride line where he goes, oh, James Franco didn't suck any dick last night? Nah, no, y'all are tripping. It's just like he's. A, I love when he pees in his own mouth. That's another thing. <laughs> there's <laughs> urine drinking. There's titty fucking jokes. I mean, oh, the titty fucking the t- jokes were great. At one point, he like touches his boobs because yeah. he's concerned. He's like, like, we, titty fuck. he's like, we can't let this guy. In. He could be a rapist. He could be a titty fucker. And then Seth Rogen grabs his tits. And then when Jonah Hill is possessed by the demon, he's like, I'm gonna fuck your titties. What are those small bees or big C's? And uh, <laughs> he's it's so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. Oh, does it? Does it? Is it? Is this? I'll tell you, this is not well, that does compelling. It does it, Jay? Does it really? Is it compelling? This is not that compelling. Jonah Hill was great. The spooning, the spooning bit where he's like, "You guys want to go butt to dick or or dick to dick or well, he- I, I love, <laughs> I love that Jonah Hill is like they play him off as this pretentious, like asshole <laughs> yes. who's trying to incorporate Jay, he's but you know he doesn't nice. really like him, no. and he's he's like. He just had it. He like he's like I'm Jonah Hill from Moneyball. From Moneyball, you know, like, God, he's talking he's, to he's God. Oscar Jonah Hill, <laughs> son. Yes, he's wearing the one earring. <laughs> well, when he's got the gun, he's like bang, 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 bang. You're dead. I was like, put that gun down. What are you doing? It's fucking loaded. <laughs> you crazy man. I do love how like you've been to these parties where you go with your friends and your buddy just abandons you to hang out with friends you don't really know anyone, and it's just like, what am I doing oh, yeah. here? Uh, but I love Jay, Jay Baruchel is like the kind of the everyman yeah. amongst He's everyone. He's a little Woody Allen ish, you know. He pulls like a little Woody Allen. Jay Baruchel is great. He used to have a TV show that was really good. I forgot what it's called. Uh, but it doesn't he have Freaks and Geeks? He Baruchel came from well Franco and uh, Seth Rogen were Freaks and Geeks. Remember they, oh. they even go there like Freaks Forever, like at one point. Uh, was Baruchel? I, lo- I loved. <laughs> There's so many great lines. When they're Let's talking just about do the lines. A Jay Baruchel's being like really sensitive around Emma Watson. Yes. And, they, and they're talking about rape. And he's like trying not to. Guys. Like, this looks bad. And they're like, what? What? And then she comes out yes. thinking that they want to rape that her. That Emma Watson sequence is great. And Franco's <laughs> like, if anybody's raping anyone, it's definitely McBride over here. And McBride's <laughs> like, no, this Sir rapes a lot. So over here is going to rape Emma Watson. It's just like, what the fuck's going on? Well, his first first line uh, in that little rape thing, Jay Barishaw goes, I think we need to address the elephant in the room. He's like, Seth Rogen goes, whoa, Jay, don't talk about Craig like <laughs> He's like, that's racist. I love man. Craig Robinson. Craig and his Robinson's delivery is great. always like very like matter of fact, like that's fucked up. I'm right here. Man. <laughs> I like that he always has a towel on his shoulder. Like, yeah. He's sweating well, all the yeah. time. Well, they even go. He sweats a lot, but he's a nice guy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I legitimately was like when I threw it on, I'm like, OK, I have to watch this again. And I feel like this movie is going to be very. Of its time and like not age well because like this was the all, the whole crew that was running things for like six or seven years in the comedy scene. I was like, maybe I'm tired of this. And I watched it. I'm like, no, I'm not tired of this. I like this. This is funny comedy. <laughs> Craig Robinson's like, we're actors. We're soft as baby shit. He's like, we can't take this. When they go into the house and then Jay's like, we can, I can make a, we can make a life together here. Let's He's not like, go I'll back. I'll be good to you. I'll be good to you, Craig. <laughs> or like uh, the other thing that I thought was really funny too is when, um, 
he gets fucked by the demon yeah. at night. <laughs> yeah. And then he wakes up the next day and he does a confessional. And he's like, something not cool. Something, something not, not chill, chill happened, happened last yeah, night, guys. Chill just happened. He, so they did, <laughs> That's the way he describes they getting raped by a demon. Something <laughs> not chill happened. <laughs> That's oh, it's funny. so That's good. Funny. And then, like, I love James Franco when he's getting sucked into the light. He fucks that up. He's like, fuck you, McBride. And it just oh, drops yeah, him yeah. right he's away. Dick. <laughs> Do you guys had of anyone? I mean, we brought up Michael Sarah, but was there anyone that you thought was the funniest or stood out? God, Franco was great. McBride, McBride is, is great. The, he steals Danny the movie. McBride is always fucking hilarious. That scene of it, just him being in every single scene. He's just total jerk off in every scene. He's like, a, he's an asshole. Like, he's just. The way he does that, like nobody does it better yeah, than Danny yeah. McBride. No one's a dick better than him. He's, he's the down. biggest dick that there is. He's good. Him, him just pouring the water. <laughs> what a dick! He kept drinking the water. It's like I'm just, like we got to get rid of McBride. And you notice in the beginning. So what else is neat? That uh, the Pineapple Express two movie that they made at home. Right. That was actually their idea for the movie. And then you notice where Franco goes. And then McBride's just going to eat me. And he's like, what? He's like, I don't know. I'm thinking about a crazy. <laughs> and at the end, Danny McBride's the cannibal. Oh, shit. And he's got Channing Tatum got as his Channing bitch. Tatum as, as so his... He's like, I found him wandering around. As his I made him my bitch. <laughs> and he's like hugging his leg. It was so fucking crazy. James Franco goes, I will shoot your dick off. And McBride's like, you don't have enough bullets, bitch. What about the hipster thing where they're like, they're like hey, you're Jay, you're a hipster. He's like, no, I'm not. He's like, do you hate do you hate movies everybody loves? Like Forrest Gump? He's like, no, it's horrible. It's <laughs> the worst thing ever. He's like, yeah, you're a fucking hipster. You're a dick. Oh, so, so I mean, good. there is a lot of funny shit. I don't know if they, if they improvised it. Like, there is a lot of funny shit. There's a lot of repetitive shit, too. But there is a lot of funny stuff. I did find myself kind of like being like, oh, this is dragging a little bit. But. Overall, I think pound for pound, you get a lot of laughs out of this film. A lot of great lines. I like Danny McBride's great. Uh, Franco's great too. Yeah, Franco is really good. Franco's fuck. I mean, Franco is. Everyone, everyone's bringing it, but yeah, Franco is really fucking like, funny in this. I don't know what this is. The thing I don't really know what James Franco was really like. That's probably what I he's don't like. know. Like, I know that Seth Rogen is like that because yeah. I've seen him on Howard Stern and in interview him, and he, like he's he's the same guy. Jay Baruchel, same thing. Like they kind of all kind of play themselves, but then I don't know who James Franco is. I really don't know. Is he Harry from? Is he the fucking Green Goblin? They fucking yeah. they called him that in the movie. <laughs> like, and they made a couple of Green Goblin jokes. They, uh, yeah, but, but like, I mean, who is he? Who is James Franco? What is he really like? Well, they play him up. I don't know what he really is like either. That's a good good question. But they play him up as he wants to be Seth Rogen's best friend. And yeah, he's because like the rich, the rich, like the most famous, most successful guy out of all those guys. He loves art. And he's got a giant dick. <laughs> I love that she chopped the dick off. He's got a giant dick statue uh, in his apartment. Uh, what else? There's so many fucking funny moments. I mean, there's so much going on. I mean, they have there's the, the joke with they're just kicking Aziz and sorry down into the pit. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the part where um. I forget what the guy's name is, but where uh, Jay Bearshell's like hanging on by a thread. Oh, he's like, and he's I'm going like, to give you my whole weight. You think yeah, you can carry I'm gonna my, my whole weight? weight I'm going to swing arm. you out. be able to handle he's it? Like, yeah, 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 absolutely. My, I'm going to put my whole weight. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, he just fucking it's like every, you know, like the movie trope of like the, you're, you're hanging on by one arm yep. and you're going to yep. swing the guy yep. up. Like they just call that out right there. And I was loving it. That was David Crumholtz who's also David real Crumholtz. funny. And then you have Christopher Mintz Platts from Superbad. What was his name? 
Uh, he never had coke before. He, yeah, he blows. <laughs> he's like, does this coke smell funny? And blows it in his face. He's like, what the fuck, Sarah? I've never done this drug before. And Michael Sarah's like, oh, you got some on your mustache and sniffs it off his face. He's like, it's good shit. You're doing the best shit for the first time. It's very expensive. <laughs> Michael Sarah played the best. Yeah, asshole. they should have. Like, that's the one thing that they should have really. I would have had those two guys in the movie more. Yeah. Like, I feel like those What's two guys Super are Bad both. Mi- Mick, uh, Mick, uh, what's his name? McLovin. 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 That, that's Christopher Mintz. But yeah. Michael Sarah is, yeah. I mean, they, that is a huge miss that they only had they him in that, him right that in the beginning. I honestly, I enjoyed the parts more where they were like stuck in the apocalypse and figuring out what to do. It reminded me a lot of being in quarantine right now and how it's like actually boring and you just fucking play games. And then the end, it, it gets kind of crazy. And then the just the surreal, absurd Backstreet Boys in heaven at the end is, uh, is just funny i guess i don't know that was i thought that I mean, was that, weird that's a little absurd I mean, it does it does kind of run out of steam by the end in yeah. my opinion but the the ride along the way i mean there's so many fucking funny lines and i'm just like eh. i think the last great scene is where danny mcbride's got the gimp and then it pretty much is just like Animals. all right let's just end this movie at this point i love when they're like hermione just jacked us <laughs> see the little 20 year old took all our stuff I, I was looking for the Michael Sarah line that had me rolling, but it's when uh, Jay Baruchel and Seth Rogen get back into the house after people are getting sucked up, and Jay Baruchel goes, "There were people, and they were there, and they got sucked up in the sky." James Franco goes, "Sucked up in the sky? Nobody got sucked up in here." <laughs> oh, yeah. And Michael Sarah just goes, "I got sucked off here oh, yeah. <laughs> from the back of the room." And he tries to high five the girl as she turns away. <laughs> I, that, I mean, just the, the, opening the door and just him getting it. Like we mentioned this before, but again. Him getting sucked off and getting his ass eaten. Yeah, like, and then that look he gives him. It's just, yeah. just looking like, right at him. want a sip? Yeah. yeah. Sip he's so, he's, yeah the sip look where he's just, and he's just so drugged out yeah. of his mind the way he looks at the, at the door opening. But more Michael Sarah could have been funny after that. <laughs> There's some funny shit in this movie. There really is. I mean, I enjoyed it, but like, it, Take yeah, your paintings as I said, off it does have song. its issues. But like overall, I mean, if they, if they like made this shit up on the fly, 80% of it, that's if that's true. That's impressive. Chris Robinson goes, I would suck a dick for half a cracker. It's it's the type of movie that when I was watching it, I went, I wish like every decade they would get the, the... the decades worth of comedians and have them do something like this. Just a fun hangout. Just put them all together, have movie. them hang out yeah, as themselves, yeah. and then throw them in a movie. Like, wouldn't that been great? Like in the eighties or the nineties. Oh, if they had like that? who would be? Let's do this. Let's, let's play a fun game right now. Who would be like uh, if you could make a movie like a Magnificent Seven? Yeah. Of comedians to be stuck together. Oh God! Would it be like Ooh. Bill Burr, Sebastian, and fucking Kevin Hart, and who else? Jerry Seinfeld. He put Seinfeld. In Seinfeld. There? Chappelle. Oh my, oh god, my god, Chappelle put them would be all so together. Funny. But those are like like you need comic actors. Throw them no, together. It'd be funny just to see them comi- all together. <laughs> They're all old, but like I mean a lot of them. I mean, I would love to see Eddie Murphy in something like this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, like Adam Sandler tried to do it with those grown up movies and uh, uh, it wasn't really uh, Yeah, but that's his crew. I'm talking true. about the best of the best, uh, like see. the guys that are crushing it right now. Yeah, and plus when Adam Sandler did it, he was already on the back end he of, was. of that first wave. Yeah, he was. I mean, he has his guys. He's. I just watched that. Uh, what's his name? The guy who goes, who's like, uh, who screams stuff in every movie of his. What's his name? The little guy, uh, Schneider. Yeah, Schneider. Schneider. He has a stand-up <laughs> special on uh, on Netflix. I just watched it. 
Oh, this, it was all right. This it was, was interesting. This was great when McBride calls everyone out. He goes, Frankly, you're just a pretentious fucking nerd. And Jonah, you fucking cunt. And then he's praying, get it on my backpack there, you fucking disappoint me. And he goes, Seth, you duplicitous taint. And of course, there's Jay, the self-righteous, cock-sucking, two-faced backstabber. Just fucking going after everyone. And he's like, I'll go. I'll go. Oh, my God. And Jonah Hill is uh, Woody Harrelson in the Pineapple Express sequel. Beats for the people. I'm doing what's right. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's the type of movie similar to like Airplane, which we yes, talked about briefly, yes. where it's best reviewed where you just if you're in, like any good comedy is like that is best reviewed where you just repeat the jokes. I mean, killer lines, and that's yeah. what makes a, a movie great. Same with Clerks. Like Clerks had killer lines. You could go through the whole movie doing all lines. Dicks. Yeah, how many dicks? Don't suck any dicks well, on your way to the parking lot. What's interesting about this is the end is. It has these all these great lines, and I saw this movie six or seven years ago, and I don't feel like anyone quotes this. No, is the end, they should right? though. They're I so feel like great. it happened and it's done. That I don't it. think you can quote this movie because it, you immediately end up in jail. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's so bad. I'm just yeah. anywhere I want. Yeah, you can't quote. I come all over your face. I come right now. <laughs> don't come Did, in my that, house. And just and and Franco just doing the air whack off as he's saying yeah, this. It's, <laughs> They're all doing he's it. He's like doing it at him. He's like throwing it at him. They're all pantomiming jerks. And he's like so angry about doing it. <laughs> yes. Like they like the funny thing they set up is they like at a so as soon as this fucking uh like uh apocalypse happens, they start to take stock in what they have. So they yep. get all the food yep. and they have one porno man. Yes, and one Milky Way bar. Yeah, which is pretty. So funny the two too. things that are the most coveted in the house is the Milky Way bar and the porno mag. And of course, fucking the dude jizzes and sticks the paint together. <laughs> Who did that? I love how Franco's like, that's my Milky Way bar. It's my special treat. I went out and got it to enjoy it after my party. <laughs> Everyone's like, I want a bite of the Milky Way bar. Like, that's funny because I hate Milky Ways and they probably the chose worst. that on purpose. Listen, Milky Way and Three Musketeers are candy bars you give to people when you don't want to be their friends yeah, anymore. They're, like, oh, yeah, they're, some they're the fucking worst nougat bullshit candy bar. No nuts for you that you're you're getting a nutless it's, fucking yeah, chocolate I don't know candy. why he wanted the Milky Way so bad. It well, was that's for like people who are not – now that they're good because like people are allergic to nuts now. So they can't well, have – I guess. And they can't have Snickers. Like – you wanted a Snickers. That's what you wanted. Satisfied. You wanted you wanted like something with cookies in it, like a like a Twix. Snickers really satisfies. Uh, we were talking about Blockbuster Video earlier. Turns out this movie was the last film to be rented by Blockbuster Video before they went out of business at 11 p.m. on November 9th. Prophetic. It is the end. <laughs> it was the end of Blockbuster for sure. Uh, they had some sequel ideas, but like Seth Rogen's not really a big sequel guy. None of his movies really need sequels. They're great as one-offs, but uh, they had an idea where in the sequel sets a cokehead in this version, and Michael Sarah is a calm dude with a boyfriend. Michael Sarah or Jay Baruchel? No, it would be Michael Sarah would be instead of being the cokehead. Seth Rogen would be the cokehead. Rihanna and Backstreet Boys. They had an idea of Heaven and Hell with Garden of Eden version where Danny McBride is Adam. Uh, and then they had some other ideas, but they're not, I, you know, his movies, people want like a super bad two or a pineapple express two. You don't really need a sequel to any of those. Movies. I'm just throwing this out. How many comedies are good in sequels? Ah, woo. That is a great, I remember. So if you look at like the police Academy series of movies, each one got progressively worse right? as they went on. Even the naked gun. I think the original worse, is better. Right? What about, what about, uh, well, that's a good Jane question. Sound Bob. 
Oh, is that those are is that sequels? better than Clerks? Mm, I don't know. It's different. It's better. And so there's 22 Jump Street, which is actually that wasn't bad. And that, that had wasn't bad. So I haven't seen Channing Table. I like Rush Hill. Hour Two. Oh yeah. But uh, do you consider that a comedy? Yeah, it's right. An action it's an action comedy. comedy. Wayne's World Two was kind of the same as the first one. It's just hard. I mean, analyze that. Oh, maybe Austin Powers is maybe the only one who can kind of do Shagney it. The spot, with, yes, um, with the. What's that, like, what that girl's name? She's hot. Uh, she's hot. Uh, Heather Graham. Heather, Heather Graham, Graham yeah. yes. Oh, and then you had Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. It was funny. They got to smoke weed with George Bush, but the first one's still funnier. Yeah, yeah it's hard to make a, a sequel to a comedy. Let's see, 10 comedy sequels that got it right. You, uh, They're thing, things like Toy Story 2, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, maybe, possibly. Well, Toy Story Two, I, even though it's a, I mean, I don't know if I would consider that a, it's like a, it's much deeper than a comedy. Yeah, it's an adventure. It's like, yeah. So na- on this list is Naked Gun, Two and a Half, The Smell of Fear. Okay. Uh, Wayne's World Two, uh, Twenty Two Jump Street, which is the other one I said. Shrek Two, again, that's like Toy Story Two, and yeah. uh, that's uh, that's what they got. Oh, that's a, I, I that's thought it. there were ten. Wait. I gotta go to the next page. <laughs> I, you my name count, I don't count so good. Page Gremlins to the new batch from 1990. I don't no. even remember that fucking movie. No, <laughs> A Shot in the Dark was a sequel to the Pink Panther. Which one? A Shot in the Dark from 1964. Oh, that, doesn't count. that doesn't count. That's a, that's an old one. Adam's Family Values. Never saw it. I saw the mm. first one. I may have seen the second one. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay, uh, that one. I may give it. Is to that, that one. better than Vacation? Though no, I don't know. Not better than European Vacation. I love. Yeah, European, European vacation. vacation is good too. Man. And then number one, they have Toy Story Three, which uh, is a, so have no. An the answer is it's no. Hard. Comedies are not yeah, good in sequels. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah, it's tough. It's hard. Uh, all right. It's just it, you got to you know, Comedies are like. Are, for me, are like lightning in a bottle. So hangovers? What about the hangovers? They didn't get better. No, they no, did not they get better. Worse. They got worse. Because yeah. the thing is, with a comedy, it feels like you catch that lightning in the bottle, yeah. and you're like, yep. okay, yep. we got to recreate that. And it's all okay. So now it's a re- retread of the first. Well, you can't like to to do something different with the plot. It it just comedies aren't based on the plot. Airplane two, a great example. It's the same movie, but they're on a space shuttle. And there's even like the same auto inflatable pilot, and it's not as funny. And they just, you're right. It's, I mean, like, you know, like Home Alone 2 is, is Home Alone in New York. Yeah. Well, it's in New York, so that's different. But yeah, it's largely this, but you got to bring enough of the good same thing and mix it up. It's very hard. That's very tricky comedy. Meet the Fockers, maybe? Like the, uh, the sequel? That one's, uh, was, was okay. it Meet the Parents? Meet the, and the, that parents. Was meet the, meet the parents is great. Uh, yeah, it's hard to pull. It's hard to pull off. Uh, I, I, I just thought of that. Yeah. Like, wait, oh, good what question. comedies are good in sequels? And I think Rogan. That, that's a good question yeah. for the nation to yeah. Yeah. Let, ponder that. My let friend. us know if you have any comedy sequels that you love. I think Rogan is smart to not do sequels because he could just do another thing. Just do a whole other thing. All right, let's rate this movie, Anthony. What would you give the movie? When I finished it, I was like eight. Yeah. But then I fell asleep and I was like, eh, not eight. I won't go that high. I'll go seven and a half. Okay. It's funny. It's a funny, funny movie. It, but it's, you know, as I mentioned, no one talks about it. Anymore. I know. So it's not, it's not one of those everlasting movies. It's got lines, man. It's got lines. Rugs, uh, what number? I'm going to say seven. I think it's a solid film. Yeah. It's uh, way better than average. It is full of great lines. It's forgettable because I forgot about it. It is a little forgettable. And um, 
And, uh, yeah, it gets a little long in the tooth at the end. You're, like, waiting for it to end. Dude, Danny McBride tries to shoot and kill all of them. I oh, just shit. remembered that when he gets yeah, he the, has gun. Blanks the gun. What a fucking asshole. He's like, you yeah, motherfucker. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning. Uh, Anthony, I felt the same. Uh, I, it's a super funny movie, and I love the lines. I laugh my ass off. I love all these guys. Seven and a half for me also. Uh, and thanks, Pat Downey. For this pick, it was great to laugh at something I haven't laughed at for seven years. Yeah, yeah you know? and we don't—I don't think we get very many comedies. No, I love comedies. I want to review more comedies, and we never do. I'm all about the com- comedy. I always get tired of comedies. See, I can't. Like, I like comedies. the first. I'm like a guy who goes to watch a comedy, and um, first twenty minutes, I'm like into it, and then like I'm like, okay, I'm over it now. Like they, they blew their load. I mean, I like. For some reason, I feel like all comedies are front loaded, and they just blow their load, and they. It's, ha- it's hard to end it. Yeah, through. I mean, but the, you know, these group of guys, I've loved mostly all the movies that they've been in. And, like, uh, you ever see the movie Ford Fairlane starring Andrew yes, Dice Clay? That's a very bad movie. Like the first ten minutes, <laughs> yes. it's like, oh, this is going to be a, a, a funny movie, and then you're like, fifteen minutes, like, no, it's not. It's not, it's not a good movie. Terrible. Well, when it's got to be balanced, and it's got to be there's got to be some heart to it, I guess. You know, they run out of steam. I mean, I feel like they do. They like they use all these jokes, and then like by the time you get to the middle, you're like you're over it, and you just wanted the movie to be good. One of my favorite comedies that's really dumb that nobody knows or has ever seen is a movie called Brain Donors. John Turturro oh. is in there. Have you? Do you remember this, Rugs? I saw this a long time ago. It's kind of a combination of uh, the Marx Brothers and the Three Stooges, and they do Night at the Opera. John Turturro is like the lead fast talking guy. It's so dumb, but it's so funny. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. People have raved about it. Yeah. I did not like it. I, it's very if you like Three Stooges or the Marx Brothers or Laurel and Hardy, like they they pull. What about Ace Ventura that. Pet Detective? That's a great is that a good sequel. So- oh, the sequel? Some people may think they like that one. When nature calls. I don't know. Uh, nah. I mean it's you know, as a kid I thought that was the sequel is funny, but not the first. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> Not <laughs> like in there. Uh, let's roll right into some what are we watching, fellas? Umbrella Academy season two. Watch update. What do you got? I watched the whole thing. Oh shit! Oh, shit. Anthony, I am three episodes in. Son of a bitch. So it's going to be a little bit of a slow burn, but I will say that three episodes in, I am enjoying this more than I thought I would. Uh, what's the percentage we'll be reviewing this next week? Do you think? Uh, ten percent. Damn it! All right, so we gotta we'll keep you waiting, listener. It's all right. I'm gonna have to watch this whole fucking thing again. I had to. I actually enjoyed the ep- the the third episode so much that I went back. I didn't rewatch, but I went back and re- read recaps of all the first season because oh. it was like, what the fuck? What was this? Yeah. First season. Yeah. And why don't I care about it? Why don't really, I remember? The, the, I think that the thing about it is is that you kind of don't even need to don't. care about what happened because so, basically yeah. they reset everything yeah. and they have to start over again and then and they have to just fucking uh go from do, there do the same thing do the same thing yeah. again yeah <laughs> but you get more i feel like that's what this series is it's yeah. like every time they think they and then they have to go back and they fucking did it again like <laughs> that, back to the future yeah, movies. yeah. Th- that crossed my mind yeah. too is um ever evolving yeah back to the future and ch- uh, changing the apocalypse yeah well just wait till you get to the end Okay. Uh, but, uh, again, fun show. Great characters. I forgot the end already. Yeah, the end is important. Anybody? I got uh, two things I watched I wanted to talk about. Anybody have anything before I go on my fucking... No, talk about on my uh, way. something. 
Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I didn't watch much. Okay, I watched American Pickle, which is the movie on HBO Max starring two Seth Rogans. Oh shit! Uh, it is about here's it's a, it's not bad. It's cute. It's lighthearted. It's a silly, ridiculous movie. Here's the premise. This is what happens pretty much before the opening credits. Uh, Seth Rogen playing uh, Herschel Greenbaum in 1919 in a very depressing. He looks like he stepped out of Fiddler on the Roof, although there's none of the joy, none of the music, but he looks just like Tevye from Fiddler on the Roof. They move to America. He gets a job in a pickle factory killing rats. He's not even pickling. He gets a job killing rats. He accidentally falls into a pickling vet as he's fighting rats and immediately they cover it over. Nobody's seen him. Nobody notices. And then instantly the factory is just condemned and shut down. Oh, shit. And then and then a hundred years later, some kids with a drone find this building and knock this heavy ass lid off the pickling vat. And then he uh, is awake and he's fine. And he realizes he has a great grandson called Ben Greenbaum, also played by Seth Rogen. And I will tell you this, Seth Rogen does a good job playing these two characters separately. Like, I kind of loved Herschel Greenbaum by the end of the movie. Um, Herschel wants to create a pickle empire, and Seth kind of tries to undermine him. It backfires, and they, there's a whole bit about Jewish manhood and what it means to be Jewish, because he's not religious, but Herschel's religious. Uh, but it's silly and ridiculous. It's exactly what you'd kind of expect from... A Seth Rogen movie. I would recommend it. It was okay. It's good. It's a good watch if you have HBO Max. It's not long, but it kind of does drag in the middle. It seems long. Uh, and then, Is that that's the movie where he plays like Russian, a Russian dude. Yeah, right? he's uh, he yeah. plays a uh, his Russian relative from from uh, Herschel Greenbaum, which is just <laughs> like Fiddler on the Roof, post war, nineteen nineteen. So if you're looking for like a light, good hearted, light movie comedy, uh, it's kind of fun. I would recommend. And then sounds interesting. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, and it tied into our movie this week, so that was nice. Um, and then I finally watched Bloodshot on Stars. Lame. Ah, uh, this movie is not good. Not funny. It's not funny. Not funny. Yeah, it's definitely not funny. I'll tell you <laughs> and that. it is. Oh, you've seen it, Rugs. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Okay. So when it came out, floppy jock. So oh, that's right. Here's the couple of problems with the movie, and this is what I anticipated. We wa- Universal Soldier. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, and when you watch the trailer, like it was so predictable. Like I knew everything that was going to happen before it happened. They spent so much time setting up the, up, uh, the whole thing so it kind of has the curse of an origin movie uh there's like, like they telegraph everything. everything and not only that but they showed everything in the trailer should, so there's yes. nothing to surprise you at all everything is so predictable that there's only like two big action scenes and vin diesel's just not good just he's not good at the, he's just playing vin diesel like i didn't you don't get to learn about any of the characters there's a smoking hot girl in it yeah, that's the that's the one I always confuse with the other one. Yeah, I forget what her name is. Or I don't know where Andrea she came from. Andrea Zaga, or Elias, like or something. Yeah, she uh, and so it's your typical like the good guys are the bad guys, and the, you've seen it all. Like, unfortunately, like everything they tried to do has been done. It reminded me of Upgrade, but Upgrade was way better because it was R rated and had a lot more grit. It reminded me of Venom, but Venom had personality. This movie is just admit it, it's boring. Like they made all of this uninteresting. There's no personality. There's no charm. Uh, This was going to be my candidate for what the fuck 15, possibly. However, Superman 4 is a way worse movie. So I'm excited. But Bloodshot. I mean, this is just like a forgettable. Totally forgettable. It's not like it's terrible. No, it's. It's just like, it's just like you don't. 
you watch it and you're like, okay, I got nothing out of that. Oh. It was just like watching like a uh, video game, uh, like opening screen, you know, like it's just soulless. And if they were trying to launch yeah. a valiant universe with this, woof, this was the last movie in theaters though. I didn't see how much money it made, but I knew if I, I'm glad I didn't pay the fucking $20 when this fucking thing came out to watch it. So that was good. I wouldn't recommend that. I, I gave it my money cause I support valiant, but yeah, but, um, yeah, I just feel like they did the character a disservice. The character's more interesting in the comics. Way more interesting. And since I just felt we everything's been done. I've seen everything they were doing already. And this is not, I mean, this is this is the deal with Bloodshot. Is Bloodshot is the easiest thing to probably put on screen. Yeah. Because he's just like, you know, a universal soldier, a guy, whatever, healing factory. It's all stuff we've seen before. So they don't have a challenge of how to do it. They just kind of like do what they did with Wolverine and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, so it was like, for them, it was just like this easy thing to do. They have much more challenging and interesting characters they could probably work Absolutely. with. Absolutely. And I don't know. Look, the, they really got to just stick to the comics. The effects well. were cool. Some of the CGI looked rubbery, but the actual effect of, like, when he's stuff's forming back, look, it was all right. It looked fine. I don't know. There's barely, there's like two action scenes. Anyways, uh, that's all I got. Anything else? Rugs, you see anything? Well, I watched that Rob Schneider uh, stand up and I thought it was it was 44 minutes, which is like I thought he had more material than that. But I'm glad it was short because it, it kept that fresh. This is new, like new, new. It just came oh, out. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Um, I don't think it was that funny. Is he doing? But he does not funny, but, it, <laughs> not but funny. He does, the thing that I'll applaud him <laughs> is that. Well, first of all, he lets you know right off the bat that he's Asian. Like, yeah, he's half yeah, Asian. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he just goes and does like a bunch of Asian voices. Oh, shit. And wow. I'm like, it's been a while since we've heard that. And, you know, and he's doing it and he's got the license to do it. He's like, I could do this. Yeah. So he does it. So he really leans into it. He is it. smart so, to lean into that right now. That's a no, smart you move. You can't do that now, but he did. So I think that that was interesting. That I was like, oh, he's like kind of like skating the edge yeah, right yeah. here. Does he do the copier guy? No. Making copies. He does not do the copier guy. He does do uh he does a Mexican accent because his wife is Mexican. Okay. And he does a bunch of Asian accents. That's why I get to do the Indian Pakistani accent. I could play yeah. I could play Apu on the Simpsons. You hear me, Simpsons, you should hire me. And Apu will just sound yeah, like I'll this. do the I'll do the stereotype. I'll do the stereotype <laughs> for you. Take all the heat off you. All right, good stuff. Let's do news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. <laughs> uh, Blake Braden posted an article from uh, CNN about. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ending with the series finale two hour earlier this week. He writes, my completion aside feels good knowing I watched the entire series. The rest of me, on the other hand, wishes I didn't have a completion aside. I'd recommend episodes or arcs, not seasons of the series. I think him, myself and Jimmy Graben may be the last people to wa- to watch this, uh, but they did reward the longtime fans in this two hour season finale. This season was crazy, dude. They were time traveling like Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, in the first half, every episode was in a different decade. They went from like the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And the, the title card would change every episode based on 
the decade, which I thought was cool. They even pulled Agent Sousa. Remember Sousa from Agent Carter? Who's that? Agent Carter, Sousa. Remember Agent Car- Agent Sousa was oh, Carter's the, the, yeah, yeah, love interest. With a, he had a limp and he was on a cane. Oh, yeah. They plucked him out of time and took them with him. Sousa is like uh, now like with Daisy uh, and uh, and they show you the fates of all the characters, the time travel, the Chronicoms. It was a crazy fucking season. And the end to like this is finally the end of Marvel Studios, the old Marvel Studios mm. under Jeff Loeb, the very last thing. And, you know, it kind of turned out that it worked, that they couldn't. It should never have been trying to have been forced shoehorned into the MCU. It should have been its own thing. And after, you know, the last few seasons, they embraced. They're like, fuck it. We're just going to do whatever we want. Do whatever we want. Jaying comes back from, you remember uh, uh, Quake's mom, Jaying, the Inhuman. She's in the season. Uh, it was it was wild. And uh, Clark Gregg, as Coulson, dies so many times because he's an LMD in this season. Actually, a number of people die and come back. So they do all that. <laughs> fun. It was fun. But the end, kind of an end of an era, the old. This show, an era. it is. I mean, no one expected this show to go seven seasons. I, no, right? that's true. It's amazing. After that last season I watched, I was like, okay, I got to punch out of this one. Like after that Ghost Rider, that was like the last cool thing. Oh, the Ghost was- Rider with, uh, that was great. Gabriel Luna playing Ghost Rider. And then Coulson yeah. made that deal. Somebody, there's an article that somebody could argue that the cast, the characters on the show actually have the most screen time out of all the MCU which is kind of what's great about a TV show. Like I felt like I spent a lot of time with these characters. They were very comforting. It was nice to see where they ended up. But yeah, I mean, Coulson and Daisy have more screen time than, you know, Robert Downey Jr., but obviously. Of course. I mean, it's a show. It's and now we can, how many seasons? Yeah, we can look forward to the Marvel, proper Marvel shows that are tied in that may or may not ever come out if they ever finish production. If they could ever film. They were supposed to be out oh, this month. WandaVision, Falcon, Everything's Willy Everything's got to go animated. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah we're going to get a lot more animations. Uh, at J-H-U-L-S-F right on Twitter writes, enjoyed the contrast of opinions about the Lost Boys movie from Jock and Nerdcast and at Back in Time Pod. The coincidence, I lean more towards Kyle and Justin's opinion about it. Forever a fun movie. So that's cool. I always notice that we do like a, when we do old movies, random movies, then I see like other podcasts review the same movie and it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. And no, I don't know. It's like we're not that prolific and we're not that ubiquitous out there. So it's weird that we're thinking of the same thing. Like when we did Roadhouse, I saw a ton of Roadhouse reviews after the fact. A new movie. It's back in time pod. Is that, have we ever, do we have any connection? No, that's just another no? podcast that <laughs> uh, this guy listens to. J Hole okay. SF, back in time. So basically, he's saying that he doesn't int- agree with us. He leans more towards their opinion. That, uh, that this movie, The Lost Boys, is kind of shitty. Yeah, they were, <laughs> I, I assume they were a little more complimentary to the movie, let's say, yeah, than probably. we were. And uh, that's probably why. But, yeah. you know, it's a contrast of opinions. If everybody loved everything, it, this would be boring. Well, well you love everything, yeah, and then say, that's my role. You. You and I hate everything. Yes, so my role is to love everything because someone has to love everything. <laughs> Make <laughs> you feel good. Bob Brasky from Twitter. Bob Brasky. He says, great 70s and 80s movie name drops from our last episode. Monster Squad. Oh, shit. Kick him in the nards. Kick him in the... The Wolfman's got nards. Uh, great episode. He says, grab a soundbite from Christmas Vacation when Clark drinks the eggnog. It's good. It's good. It's good. I love that suggestion because, as you know, we have this from... This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. From uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. So 
This clip, while in context, really funny. I don't know if it works. Audio. Here's what it sounds like. So you guys vote. He's drinking eggnog. Yeah, he whispers it is the problem. Yeah, you can't really you hear can't really it. Hear. It's, it's, it's tough on the audio. Yeah, he's, it's totally like under I'm his sure breath. it's great visually. It is. It's his frustration, and he's just fucking drinking the egg. Now he's just good. It's good. But thanks for the suggestion. But look, we played the clip. Uh, maybe we try another clip. Trenton's... We're open to suggestions. We are open to suggestions. Yeah, give us some suggestions. This is... This is going great. Uh, Trenton Smith commented on our Facebook page. <laughs> he says, the nerd was right. Oh, shit. This Harley Quinn show on HBO Max is pretty good. It's like a quirky day in the life anime, but it just happens to be the life of a supervillain. It's better than the movies for Suicide Squad and Justice League. Poison Ivy is my favorite character so far. Anybody else check this out. First of all, if anybody comments starts with the nerd was right... Uh, nerd. You're getting red. That uh, that's my favorite part of this comment. So <laughs> if you wanted red, just put the nerd was right. Now, do you guys does this make you want to watch the show anymore? A lot of people commented on this saying how great the show is. It really is. No. Oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> it's on HBO Max. I, I, I let I'll let Ruggs answer for me and he he already did. Get the fuck out of here. I there mean, I watched Wow, what the hell's going on? My you got a froggy in there. <clears throat> it's all that jizz. Uh, I'll come everywhere I want. Yeah, it's like a fireman's hose. <laughs> I got some in my mouth. Anyway, um, uh, I tried watching like three three episodes, and I was just like, uh, this is a little bit too like silly for me, dude. It, it silly. I it's, want action, it's, it's, and I want like cool stuff. It's raunchy and adult and wrong in places, and the relationship between Harley and Poison Ivy is so good, and it builds. All the characters kind of grow throughout the two seasons. It's fucking great. It's got a hilarious. They grow. They grow. They get girthier. They their <laughs> characters grow. There's growth. I mean, There's growth. Is it like a legit show? It is. Okay. Kite Man. There's they use Kite Man in the most hilarious way. This is the worst supervillain ever, and he's great in this. And I mean, a hilarious Bane, a hilarious Clayface, and. King Shark, it's so good. I don't know. Look, check out the Facebook group. Everyone's saying it's good. Finally, Bosco Gabriel just comments, Shia LaBeouf for Wolverine. Easy money. <laughs> oh, shit. Is it, he got so much. He is it easy money? My favorite Shia LaBeouf thing is that thing where he says, just do it. Yeah. What, you ever see yeah, that? What was that? Like, he did like this. He did this thing against the green screen. Right. And everyone could use and, it. Of, like It was a motivational speech. And he was just like riffing. Oh, hey, okay. Here, and here, saying here stuff. He's standing in front of the green screen. Do it! Oh, shit, sorry. Whoa. Just do it! Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! He's intense. Make your dreams come true! Just do it! (laughs) Some people dream of success while you're going to wake up and work hard at it. Nothing is impossible. He's got a point. Uh, in this clip, I could see him as Wolverine. You know what? They did a remix of in it. In some world, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give you the remix. Hold on. Is it the ultimate remix? Just do it, make your dreams come true? Yeah, I'm going to give you, I'm giving, I'm sending, this is the one you got to play. I could see in some. I listen to, sometimes I listen to this to pump myself I could see in some, <laughs> in some world that I put he it in the. I put it in the link. pull off a Wolverine. Okay, it's this one. Okay, hold on. Here's the remix. We should play at the end of the show. Oh, we're going to get sued. I can't play this. It's copyright. Is it? I don't know. There's a, oh. yeah, we're going to get sued. I'm not you playing can't play it at the end of the show? Uh, maybe. I'll put a link in the show notes. Well, so. 
Here was the response to Bosco's quote. Chaz Hubbard says, gross. Uh, David Zika just said no. Tiara Kale says, hard pass. John Bellotti Jr., no Wolverine until they get Cyclops, Jean Grey, Storm, Colossus, Gambit, and Angel, right? That's a good point. And Lisa Morrison says, rumor is actually he's on the list for Iceman. Oh, shit. I would buy that. I would buy him as Iceman. Yeah, I mean, Shia LaBeouf is, is actually a pretty decent actor, but he just physically... Uh, he could bulk up. Look, I, well, Tom Hardy He just doesn't up. look like his face. <laughs> he just looks too much like a little kid. Just do it! Even when he grows out his facial hair, which... You can see in um, Peanut Butter Falcon, yeah. I think he has a beard yeah. in that. He still looks like a kid. Yeah. It's just he, do- he doesn't have the look for uh, it. Well, maybe in some dream casting situation, Bosco. Maybe. Uh, maybe in an alternate world. That dude. So Sean Ashmore, who played Iceman in one of the movies, he is in The Boys Season 2 as Lamplighter. Remember they mentioned Lamplighter first season and like he was, we didn't know what happened to him. He's going to be Lamplighter. Was he was it was a mention. He's one of the the um one of the seven, I believe. Was he? Yeah, I don't remember. So him. Sean Ashmore is going to be playing. He wasn't it. in it. He wasn't he in it. He talked about him. He was like missing. Oh. So Sean Ashmore, who was Iceman, is playing Lamplighter. Oh, I can in, I understand. In uh, the boys, the boys. Uh, that's all I got, listener. Look, if you want to do something nice for us, you can uh, go over to the Apple Podcast app on your iOS device, especially if you're in the U.S. Light up those stars. Give us a rating. We're trying to get to 200. We're at 127 still. Kind of stalled. <laughs> when we get to 200. For some reason, nobody's getting active about doing this. Fucking just do it. You heard Shia LaBeouf. Follow his advice. Yes. Just do it. We can reapply to Rotten Tomatoes and be official Rotten Tomatoes. Reviewers would be so much fun. It's a dream of mine. It's a long dream of mine. We came a long way. Remember, we started this. We had eighty-seven ratings, and now we're up to twenty-seven. Yeah, we've done one twenty-seven. Done things to get it up to where it's and at. It's also the Just need a little bit more. The same amount of hours, James. I think we should mention at the beginning of the show instead of the dead ass end. Well, but in the beginning, we haven't done anything for you. Why are you rating the show when I haven't even heard the show? I don't know what the content is. Maybe that's my thinking. That's for new people, but our longtime listeners they understand. Oh. <laughs> 127 hours also is that James Franco movie they talk about. It was where he cuts off his own fucking arm. I cannot arm. watch that movie. Can I tell you, even the thought of what happens in that movie makes me lightheaded. Like, I, there's no yeah, way. No, I, I'm with you on that. I'm, I am I want to watch it just because I it was Oscar oh. nominated and I want to test myself. Uh, uh. But I, I can't, I, even thinking about because it, it happened. even reading the, the, the real it really how happened. it really That's happened why. makes me crazy. That's even worse that you're watching this. You're like, this. somebody went fucking through this and they had to cut their arm off. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's real bad. But I love the reference in uh, This is the End where he's like, and the prop from 27 Hours. He goes, 127 Hours. That's the name <laughs> of the movie. I also love the other line with Danny McBride's like, that was good acting right there. Where was that in Green Hornet, Seth Rogen? That was shit. <laughs> and then to Jonah Hill, he's like, and Jonah, you're an Oscar award winning dude. Fatalities. You got to put something in there. Fatalities. <laughs> fatalities. And he goes, fatalities. He goes, that was good. That was good. <laughs> Fucking McBride. McBride may have stole that movie. Uh, yeah. Next to Franco. Uh, he was phenomenal. Yeah, that's why you got to watch Vice Principals because he's great in there. Vice Principals, Eastbound and Down. Uh, there, were, what was the other series he was in? Anything McBride does. Uh, he did a Tropic the, Thunder. He's great. The Foot Fist Way. Oh yes, that one. Danny McBride is the best. Anyways, that's the show, listener. Rugs, where can the listener find you? You can find me on Twitter at really rug boy. Come by and say what's up, motherfucker. Give him a follow. Give him a poke. Give him a prod. 
Uh, and just do it like uh, Shia LaBeouf says and uh, tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth helps spread the show. We would appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the we'll Nerd. We'll keep you next time. I fucking loved it. That's a big fuck up right there. <laughs>